Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Retro Encounter, an RPG fans off-topic podcast. Um, I am Peter Treisenberg. I have Fury on the boards. And joining me today, we have the illustrious Marcos Gaspar. Howdy there. Wild armor on the boards. And joining us for the first time, we have Keegan Lee. Hi, how's it going, man? I am doing good. I'm a Fozzie Bear on the boards. This is Keegan, Keegan's first time on the show, so just just make, make sure you know Keegan. Until this is over, you're a dog on a leash. <laughs> oh, love me that's, some Mark Hamill no matter close, where. That's the closest thing I can get to a Mark Hamill impression. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, so we're talking about Darksiders today. Um, this is a, 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 a kind of a pet... This is one of my baby games. It's been one of those games where I really, I really, I, I really enjoy playing them, and I sort of annoy like other members of staff with how much I like them. And to, uh, and uh, now we managed to get it onto a podcast. Um, released in uh, 2010 under the now defunct uh, Vigil Games and THQ, and it's kind of a broader uh, as far as as far as it goes. It's it's a part of a broader discussion we wanted to have on Zelda clones or rather games that are like the legend of Zelda, but not. Um, so I guess just to get that started, what do you, I guess, um, dark, if we were just to find dark siders as a Zelda clone, uh, how would you guys go about that? What, what, what is, how is dark siders like Zelda? Um, I'd say, Personally, for me, the big thing I notice is definitely the dungeon design. It gives me the same similar feelings of like solving a puzzle and just constantly failing at it, failing at it until I realize, oh, that's what I need to do, right? I need to hit this thing first and then stab this thing first and then the door unlocks. And then you get a little jingle and then you get to progress and it's all great. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I live for the jingle. Do, 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 do. <laughs> No, I was I was just gonna say I just like the uh the weapon choices. We we have not the boomerang, we have not the hook shot, we have not the mega ten hammer. But I like these things. <laughs> yeah. So one so some that's one thing about the Zelda games, I suppose I should I should be backtracking a little bit. Um RPG fan covers the legend of Zelda um pretty much just because we do. Uh there's no real reason. It's not really an RPG in the strictest sense. That's a, a discussion for a whole other day. But one of the trademarks of that series has always has kind of been its its a formula. It's had an identifiable uh, sis, uh, sis, series of gameplay systems in place. Uh, Breath of the Wild may have changed up some of that. But for a game that is like a Zelda, like Zelda, it has it often will have an explorable overworld. It'll have dungeons to explore. That kind of, uh, as Kelly Keegan mentioned, the sort of puzzle mechanics um, going forward. And then and dungeon bosses and items to get. And you have your hookshot and your boomerang, except instead of a boomerang, it's a bla- a bladed... Uh, what, do you, what even is it? What, 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 did you even, what would you even call that? It's like a... Crossblade, something like that's what that. They, that's what they call it. But <laughs> yeah. I'm like, is that a thing? I would call it <laughs> I, awesome. It's a uh, what was that old '80s sci-fi movie where the guy had something just like that? Oh, I can't I, remember life of me. Crawl. Yeah, that's it. Such a good, <laughs> such a good movie. 
Guy Kroll, Warrior King. <laughs> Kroll would not be out of place in the Darksiders universe. <laughs> Going back a bit, if I may, about how it has a lot of, you know, not the boomerang, not the hook shot. I do enjoy that it's very similar to the boomerang, but it does have those certain differences that really set it apart, like how the crossblade can steal certain elements and stuff from around the area, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a big enough change, but still very similar that you know how it works, but you can incorporate it in such different ways throughout the game. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, and the fact that it's also like a, actually a decent melee, like melee weapon, like you can use oh, it yeah. in combat, like, and there's actually a practical function to it, like because like you play you play Zelda, like you play Twilight Princess, there's no reason to use the Gale Boomerang on enemies. <laughs> It, it, it like shit, they they like look slightly dazed for a second and then get right back to you. Here it actually like does damage, <laughs> pretty significant damage in some cases. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think um, one weapon uh, which I call not the hook shot, the abyssal chain. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Like uh, it's, I don't really use it that often, even though it brings the enemy closer to you and like. Uh, helps uh, defeat stronger enemies, but just the way that war can just uh, s- um, swing from uh, point to point, I really like that. I thought it was cool, and it was like, this is a this is like what I want the claw shot to be in Twilight Princess. Like, this is amazing. Uh, yeah, that's, one, that's just one of the most, like, satisfying items you can get in in any Zelda-like game, so for Darksiders to be a, to faithfully recreate that is definitely a, a boon in its favor. Mm-hmm. I just realized that we we've talked all that we've talked all this about Zelda-like stuff, and we haven't actually explained what Darksiders is, other than it came out in 2010. My um, <laughs> <laughs> bad, guys. <laughs> um, uh, so I guess just to give a basic synops- synopsis of uh, of the game. Uh, Darksiders is like Zelda if Zelda like had, had a really really epic night out with God of War and then their baby like fell on its head into a copy of uh, John Milton's Paradise Lost and then the whole thing just went on from there and all of a sudden you had this weird heavy metal Diablo wishes it was this cool uh, universe where um, you, you're playing as a war who's one of the horsemen of the apocalypse and he gets stripped of his powers and ends up and goes and ends up and has to fight to reclaim his name uh, what do you get what do you guys think of the, the setup so far I was very um surprised by the setup from the outside it seemed it's not super spoilery to talk about what happens in the first 10 minutes right no not really <laughs> okay so I thought the entire game was going to be set you know, during the apocalypse, and it was going to be very much like, oh, it's us angels against the devil. And then once the game proper starts, it's like, oh, BT dubs, the apocalypse happened a thousand years ago. So, really caught me off guard, but I love the setting. Just like, after everything, you know? Yeah, just kind of like exploring the ruins of Earth is is super neat, and and they also gives it enough of a time frame that they can justify the fact that all of a sudden all this like demon and demon, demonic and angelic like ruins are everywhere, but it kind of fits into an existing uh, 
modern day like template like you're exploring the ruins of a hotel or a subway station Mm. that's just always super interesting to me yeah i thought that was pretty uh interesting as well like i i I personally was hoping that it was going to take part of while like mankind was still alive and like they were trying to fight back (laughs) and like there would have been a a (laughs) more or less like a a three no it would have been like a yeah a four-way like with yourself included and like trying to fight against everyone uh but I guess uh, I wasn't too like uh, shook up when I you you woke and it's like okay there's just uh, two uh, that's uh, fighting each other I was like oh, okay I mean I'm fine with that but granted game is still fun and mm-hmm. wow there's a lot of blood I mean the fact <laughs> that they even have uh, a counter or just like telling you how many gallons of blood are poured on like the main menu there's a trophy for spilling x amount of demon blood gallons it's just like wow like that was the first thing i noticed like this is a very violent game like i kind of went into this like semi-blind because i didn't really pay attention when this game uh, came out because there were other games that take um that were taking my time when i finally like like sat down played this it was like a very fresh experience to me so i was like wow this is really bloody why is everything bleeding (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at least the walls weren't bleeding yeah i'm so curious why i get souls when i you know break a light post because now i feel bad every time i go by a light post <laughs> you, know, like, you just look at the light post being like oh you poor lost souls let me cut you <laughs> in like, half I'm and so steal sorry. you <laughs> <laughs> i love how i love how war is basically built like an in like a dump truck so you run <laughs> over a if you run over like a um uh, uh, a parking meter, it'll like explode into a shower of change, or you'll you'll run over a, uh, uh God, I I don't know words apparently, <laughs> uh, a fire hydrant, and uh and the and the, this this torrent of water will come out of the ground. It's just and he's just like yeah, I don't I don't give a crap. <laughs> yeah, it hadn't really hit me until um it was one of the cutscenes, and I can't remember exactly which. But it was a lot silenter, and as War was walking, it was just a thump. It was like Jurassic Park. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize how much of a dump truck this yeah, man he's, is. He's a beefy dude. And uh, it, War, the, Darksiders hails from a kind of a weird part of uh, of AAA gaming, I think, where um, it came out the same year as a whole bunch of action games. I think Yahtzee from Zero Punctuation had made the joke. Um, about it coming out in the same month, at same, same time frame as Bayonetta, uh, Dante's Inferno, and God of War three. So just this whole glut of um, of Darksiders, uh, of Darksiders, of God of War clones and other action games. And um, it you can definitely see that DNA and just the way War moves, the way he emotes, he reacts to everything with just like barely concealed rage like he's a, he's a, about as one-dimensional a character as you can get but that almost kind of works in the game's favor because it's like I, I think darksiders is just weirdly charming and how like it's got this gnarmy 90s comic book style to it um which uh, in part because the artist also worked on um battle chasers and uncanny x-men for a while oh i had no idea i did not know that yeah joe materiera is a is a pretty big comic book artist. So it's gotten that authentic, kind of an authentic look and feel to it. So even if it's like aping the worst uh, decade for comics ever, it's an authentic uh, ripoff of the worst decade of comics ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I, 
what it's really crazy because when I uh, went to go look up information about this, I was like, oh, that's cool. It's like from com- comic artists. And I'm like, man, but like, what? I got that comic vibe, and then all of a sudden, like, the voices, I'm like, man, and these voices were familiar. And I was like, oh my God, that's Mark Hamill. And then listen, look, wait, yeah. when I heard Abaddon, I'm like, no, that can't be who I think it is. And then I went to go search it. I was like, oh, is that Troy Baker? And I'm like, oh, didn't he play Joker in like a Arkham game? I was like, are we getting two Jokers yeah, in one game? I'm like, this is. Oh, amazing. I didn't even. I didn't know that was Troy Baker. Awesome. I had to like, like I was just searching. Around, I was like, who who are these people, and why are they so amazing, and why does it sound so good? I think that maybe that's why uh, Vigil Games went freaking uh, under because they spent their money on their voice <laughs> cast. It's like we, we will make this game on Mark, Ma- Mark Hamill. <laughs> it's like it's gonna be great. It's like, but we, we should really do it. It's like no. Pour it all into Mark Hamill. <laughs> I mean, he's worth it. He's basically Navi in this game. So if you thought Navi was annoying, play Darksiders. Because uh, you'll ne- never want Navi to stop. <laughs> Horseman, over here. Every five seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah. Take me, come over there. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you seen the killing joke? <laughs> Actually, don't see the killing joke. Read it. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, uh, War is the gravelly tones of Liam O'Brien which is always always a plus in my book <laughs> what, what's really cool is um, when I first heard Volgrim uh, I thought this isn't Mark Hamill like, they wouldn't make him voice these two roles and when I went to look it was like hey that's Phil Lamar and then I was like oh man what, what is this man played and I'm like I looked it up I was like this guy is Vamp from Metal Gear Solid 2 I was like this is going to be a good game <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's got a phenomenal voice cast for a. It's it's kind of a cheesy like comic, very video comic booky video gamey story, but it just, it presents itself with enough confidence, and it's just so convinced of its its insane world that it's just, it's kind of hard not to love it. But that, that that's my take on it, at any rate. But so the gist is so after war uh, wakes up with his new his new Mark Hamill buddy and they're on the post-apocalyptic earth. And the first thing that ends up happening before you get to any of the Zelda shenanigans is a whole lot of combat encounters. It's, it's where I think where a lot of the, the God of War DNA makes itself most evident is in the beginning of the game. Anyway, so eventually, eventually, War and uh, Mark Hamill will end up, um, end up meeting up with uh, a demon named Samael, who kind of he's in like the central hub zone of the area, the uh, the Scalding Gallo, and um, he kind of presents them with this little this little uh, Faustian bargain, where he's like, "Yo, I can get you to 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 go to the place you need to go to fight the devil, but you need to do you need to collect um, a set of four items for me." Because this is a video game, and we must collect a set of four items. <laughs> <laughs> and in this case, he wants you to find uh, the bosses of the game, rip out their hearts, and give them to Samael so he can eat them. Uh, and okay, sure, why not? War doesn't really seem to question this. He seems perfectly amicable about going to having an excuse to go and kill some demons. Um. <laughs> Uh, so the first stop on your list is the Twilight Cathedral. 
on your way to the cathedral, you uh, you get to experience one of Darksiders' more interesting uh, gameplay quirks, which is it likes to change up its gameplay style on you uh, very suddenly and without warning. Keegan, would you like to elaborate on your experience riding the Griffin? Yeah. Um, the short version of the story is it was a swing and a miss for me. The elaborated version is I enjoy um, shooter games on rail shooters. Like, it's a guilty pleasure of mine. While I like a lot about Darksiders, this is not one of the parts. It's very slow, very difficult, and there's a strange trophy tied to it that I don't even know if I could ever get. That's the Moby or the Moby Dick for me. It's just will never happen. Yeah, it's like you have to kill X amount of enemies while on the Griffin back, and it's like I, I don't know how you're. I, I don't know how I would expect you. Like it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a really finicky section. It's very slow, the targeting, the firing, everything about it just feels very slow for what it's trying to be. You know, mm-hmm. I was expecting at the start of the cutscene a very fast chase, you know, I'm on a magical griffin creature. Angels are chasing after you. You know, I'm expecting fast, quick turns, shooting down things quickly out of the sky, but it was just a uh, it was just a, a, I don't even know the correct word for it. It was it's kind of methodical. Yes. Yes, that is it. Like you're just like do 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 going down a kind of a gray corridor. Do 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 do. Oh no, there's some angels. Gonna shoot them with my laser. Pew pew pew. <laughs> and then a demon shows up, and it's like, oh no, gonna shoot the demon with my laser. Pew pew pew. Oh, he just took out my entire health bar in one hit. Great. <laughs> now I have to do it again. <laughs> oh jeez. And uh, that, that just reminds me. What difficulty are you guys playing on? <laughs> I'm playing on the normal difficulty. I am as well. I am playing on easy, and it's it's funny because when I was in that part too, like there were times where I was just getting my butt whipped by angels. Like uh, like prior to that, I was like, mm, mm, okay. <laughs> and this part too had me. Where like, does the error lie? <laughs> <laughs> Usually, when I play easy, I just want to experience the story. But Darksiders, mm-mm, no. <laughs> no, I hear you, Marcos. The, the, the first time I played through the game, I had to restart it um, on, at a certain point um, because I was finding the normal difficulty too difficult, and it was one of those shooter sections. It's not the, it wasn't the Griffin. I got through that, but it was the the, 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 the later one, the one with Ulfane. Yes, that was a, a, a that part very terrible part. stupid hard. I don't understand why it was difficult and easy for me for Ulfane. I was like, mm. wow, these guys are shooting me with their, can- their laser, and it is killing me. <laughs> it just goes like, uh, I just, well, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a bit, because I want to complain about that section. The, the, the bit where you have, to, you, have to, you have to shoot a bunch, you're fighting a bunch of angels alongside this giant Scottish dwarf dude. Okay, sure. I'm not going to question <laughs> basically whatever happens in the plot in this game. <laughs> Rule of cool. Okay, there's a dwarf now. Okay, excellent. We've checked that fantasy trope off our list. Oh, and he's a blacksmith. Perfect. But um, you and this is the part. This is another part where the game decides it wants to be a third-person shooter, and it gives you an angelic laser cannon to shoot these angels with. These angels who take a ton of hits, are really heavily armored, are really fast, and dish out a ton of damage. 
I mean, meanwhile, war is super, super heavy. He takes up half the screen when you're aiming. And, like, his dodge is, like, it just, I don't know, it's a mess. It seems to me like it could have been a very cool idea if it was given maybe, like, a month more of attention just on those specific details. Because I see the thoughts behind it and the ideas are there. It just doesn't all come together properly. And you talking about war taking up so much of the screen is something I had blocked in my memory and just came rushing back. It really is... <laughs> it's war. like an added you can difficulty. Skip leg yeah. day once. It's okay. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I feel as though the game, like they wanted to add in this variety, this gameplay variety, kind of like what Bayonetta did too. And I think about it, but um, which came out around the same time. But it's like they just took the existing game systems that they had instead of inventing a new game system for it and it what they tried to do with it doesn't quite fit do you feel like uh do you feel like it kind of brings down the whole experience though because personally for me i love the hack and slash combat and everything else about it but just those third person shooter parts alone just brings it down ever so slightly and i wanted to know if you guys i i think for, for me personally, like, I like the main game, the rest of the game enough that I think for all of its little niggling issues, like the fact that there are so many combat encounters front-loaded in the game before you get to the actual like dungeon-solving puzzle part of the game, um, like it's trying to sell you on the fact that it's a God of War clone before it, re- it pulls back the curtain and it's like, no, surprise, we're Zelda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and... Just little, there are little annoyances like that, and a lot of them we have to we'll have to save for later in the for later in the the, the show, um, because they they occur in the second half of the game. But there's just, but overall, I think the base game is just really fun. I like I like like you said, I like the combat, I like the dungeons, I like I like the art. Mm-hmm. It's definitely got a lot of high parts to it, and I agree with you there. It's just, uh, I wish those I wish they were skippable those third person shooters. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, and I think uh, another thing... Actually, like, the only thing I can really gripe about other than, like, the beginning and the, like, awkward, like, difficulty, uh, like, uh, s- spikes that happen, it, it-, it smooths out uh, later on after the first part. But I think the only mm-hmm. thing that I could gripe about and after that really just enjoy the experience is just uh, War's movement. I just think he's incredibly slow. Um, like, even when he I have him dash... Like the dash, he he pauses at the end of it. I just wish it was a way to like chain, uh, I guess chain dash, <laughs> to make him incredibly stupid fast. Even though yes, you want he want is... dodge roll. <laughs> <laughs> I just want, I just, I want that plus the hover shoes, so it's just constantly moving. Can you really, can you really picture War going yeah, 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 yeah every time he like rolls on the street? <laughs> Like, I, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> like the first thing I thought about, like when I uh, the first thing I, I unlocked w- from Vulgrim was the uh, the air dash. I'm like, oh, sweet air dash. He's gonna go much faster, right? No, he air dashes at like an angled uh, downward. It's like it goes right. straight to the ground. <laughs> it's like boom. But like this is not what I wanted. <laughs> this is what not what I paid for, Vulgrim. <laughs> like you deceived me. You did your job, and I hate you for it. But and then like, I think um. Yeah. It's the first time you meet Samael, where he gives you those wings. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool, you get to fly. No, you get to hover slowly. But you do get to flap then... once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you hit a geyser and you go higher. <laughs> oh, jeez. But besides, like, those things, I really like uh, the game. But what were you going to say, Peter? I was saying, those, those geysers are... There's a lot of little things that are just tr- very transparently video gamey about Darksiders. Like, not just the plot structure. Like, those, those little floating geysers. Why are they there? Well, so you can use your magic wing power to fly onto higher ledges and get the treasure chest. Well, Peter, you gotta understand, Samuel had to pay a bunch of demons to, like, set up these geysers for you, so you better appreciate that. That's a gift from him. <laughs> that would have been the mother of all plot twists. He was like, yeah, BC dubs, it was me all along, Austin. But... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but all that aside, you eventually uh, hover jump and slowly dash and grip and ride your way to the Twilight Cathedral, which is the first real dungeon of the game, and it's kind of a doozy. Um, it's in terms of Zelda dungeons, um, for me personally, what makes a good Zelda dungeon is um, you have to be able to keep a moderate awareness of, of the space you're in, but at the same time, everything else, everything you need to know is clearly signposted if you're paying attention. Um, and you can achieve it with either minimal backtracking or uh, the backtracking is designed in such a way that it's specific, like... Like, there are some dungeons where, like, for example, you'll kill the boss enemy, you'll get the boomerang or whatever item you need, and then all of a sudden something just clicks, and all of a sudden you know what you have to do to to get to the next stage. And I think, for me personally, I think the Twilight Cathedral is a really good introductory dungeon. Um, I think it's got the right level of sufficiently complex layout, but also um, kind of easy to come to grips with. I don't know, what do you guys think? I really agree with you on that one. Uh, like, one thing that sticks out in my mind is the whole putting the swords in the statues part mm-hmm. at the beginning. It's very simple at first. It's literally like a corridor sword at one end, statue at the other. You do it, you continue on, but then it keeps popping up throughout the um, dungeon, albeit slightly more difficult each time. Mm-hmm. And like um, you said, it introduces mechanics um, fluidly enough that once you get them... Um, you remember certain things like um, I remember backtracking a little bit after getting the boomerang because now I understood, oh, I can blow up these bombs if I throw my boomerang at it. Gives me new access to all the chests up there, saving me time later in the game. Don't have to keep coming back here. And that's something I really appreciate. It didn't feel like it was trying to add on extra hours for the sake of adding on extra hours. It just flowed well. You know, it's funny because uh, the whole uh, sword section, when I first got to pull the sword out, it, like, replaces the one on uh, Wart's back. I was like, oh, sweet, I got a new sword. So the walk around, I was like, so, what do, so why, why can't I go anywhere? And I realized, <laughs> oh, I have to, this isn't a permanent sword. <laughs> beyond beyond I, I, that dumb moment, uh, the rest of the dungeon was fine. Like, it actually, uh, some of it was, you know, actually easy enough to pick up. And I was like, man, that first one just really got me. If you can't figure out what to do with, like, the central puzzle mechanic of a dungeon in these games, you can have a really hard time going forward. Like, like if you just if you, you just don't know something about the mechanics that you're given. Like, you skipped past a tutorial me- menu or something. Um, <laughs> can really screw you up. 
I, I, I will have a story for that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, and by the way, uh, those not bomb flowers, when you they explode and uh, hit you, do they kill you, like, very quickly? I... Uh- haven't had it happen, so I can't testify. Okay, so they won't, really they, won't, they won't they won't auto kill you. They do they do a chunk of damage. Yeah, I was gonna say so like, like I was already down to like just my single bar uh, because I was just messing up earlier, and then I just accidentally just uh, toss it, but I didn't realize I was looking like far into the distance, like where where did it go? But it had attached to the wall to my right, and I'm just like <laughs> looking at it, and also boom, and Ward just like they like oh, and it says game over. I was like. What have I done? <laughs> what? The, yeah, the, 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 that, that, yeah, I've I've done something. <laughs> I think it knocked me backwards into the lava. <laughs> oh, jeez, that lava too. <laughs> war, war is not the most graceful of fellows. Um, he, as, as expected of anyone who leaves a crater when he jumps from a sufficient enough height. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. There are a few puzzles involving those bomb flowers. I really like though. Like, uh, there's a bit where you have to like you have to use multiple bomb flowers and sticky them under the wall to create a chain a chain reaction to the to the rock you need to explode. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Bit. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. And um, you don't need to get this one, but one of the um, the life the life orb or whatever the light the um the the, the piece of heart stand ins. Uh, war has to collect four of this item oh. in order to. Sorry, what? They were the life shards, I think. Yeah, something something yeah. like that. I think. Not yeah. hard pieces. Yeah, that's basically what they are. You have to collect four of them, then you get another life bar. <laughs> um, but um, one of those is hidden beneath a rock that you 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 can't get, and you see it before you have the the boomerang, and but um, you have so you and you don't have enough time to get to the uh to get to the rock before the bomb explodes. So you have to throw it really precisely through a tiny little window. And that's a... That's oh, a, that's a, yeah, I know which one you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a really cool one. I didn't realize that was A6 special. I thought I was just doing it to get, like, another, uh, like, eye of beholder key or something like that. Yeah, no, it, 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 it's, a, it's a little it's a little upgrade. Like, you don't have to get it to complete the dungeon, but it's, uh, it's useful. In ge- yeah, in general, I think the Twilight Cathedral is a is a fairly good first dungeon. Although it must be said that Darksiders' first actual boss, uh, Tiamat, might be the hardest boss because that is the only boss fight in the game where I've died. Mm-hmm. It is that fight is it's so it's stupid hard if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, it, it's really strange because when, like, going up against Tiamat, I was just, like, I understood what I had to do, but for whatever reason, moving the uh, reticle to throw the, uh, that, whatever that is, I think it's called a bomb growth, I forget which, but yeah. like, throwing it at Tiamat and then just trying to dodge the attack, it was like, man, this is just not working out, like, like this is, like, that attack radius while trying to, tar- like, throw it, it, like, I guess the, uh, the times uh, between attacks just was a little too uh, short for me, and I sort of game mm. over screen a couple times. But mm, when I finally uh, killed Tama, I was like, I deserve this. So rewarding. I had yeah. that same problem. It was like a sketch. It just 
throw bomb flower, get hit. The second I recover, she comes back around for round two, keeps knocking me back down. Game yeah, over screen. Now you're playing it on PS4, right, Keegan? The 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 new the War yes, Master the War edition. Master. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> I love the pun, but um, uh, you're lucky you're not playing that when it first came out. Um, oh, was there a big? Yeah, so when 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 uh, uh, Vigil Games um, and THQ all went both went out of business, and um, but the the rights to the Darksiders series were acquired by Nordic, mm. um, who has who has re released them on PS4 and Xbox One and Steam, um, and that, that's the version most of us are playing. You're playing on PS3, right, Marcos? The original version? Uh no, I'm actually playing the War Master edition as well. Oh, are you? I mean, Are you I playing really, on PS4? Or? Yeah, PS4. I mean, I really want to play that Wii U version, but that's not coming out until May 23rd this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love how it's still happening. <laughs> like, why at this point? But like, before going off topic, yeah. what were you saying? They don't, want to, they don't want to make the trouble of going to a Switch port. But um, anyway, <laughs> what I was saying was, is before they patched it, um, there was serious slowdown during the TMF fight. Oof. Like... As in literally, as in single-digit chugs. <laughs> oh, was it uh, because isn't it like raining or like some kind of like uh, like weather like different effects happening was, all at once? Yeah, I think that might have been it because um they added these um they added these um lighting weather effect filters you which you can thankfully turn off. I actually I turned off both of the new uh, effects because I thought they actually just made the game harder to see. Um. One of them just adds like a black filter around the screen that just looks ugly, and the other one makes things hazier. But um, yeah, and the frame rate was just chugging during that fight, and that fight's already hard. With when you factor in war's cumbersome movement, the fact that it's kind of hard to aim the bomb growths, and that Tiamat does so much damage, and then you have to solo her in melee. <laughs> and if you, yeah, just uh. That's not a fight where you want to have, like, frame rate chugs. There was also really bad audio problems that they, they thankfully fixed. Um, this weird glitch where um, dialogue would continue. What, the cutscene would randomly skip, but the dialogue would continue playing in the game during the gameplay. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amusing. I wish I had that happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pre-patch. Pre, pre I, I reviewed it for the site, full disclosure. Um, pre-patch that happened to me several times. <laughs> it, it, it was it was it was bad. So I'm glad they fixed it. Oh, I, I want to experience those chugs. <laughs> uh, it, it was it was not pleasant, man. I was like, no, what did they do? They ruined it. And then it's like, never mind. We patched it, and it's like, oh, you know, it would have been a great patch. Like if they release on April first. Like, like as soon as it like chugs and like it goes down to one frame a second, like as soon as it hits that, you hear like um like a record scratch, and then you're it's like, yeah, see that guy over there? That's me. How would I get myself into this mess? You're probably wondering. Well, <laughs> like, and here's my story. And all of a sudden, it just says game over. And then, and then it actually just it just plays the trailer for Ratatouille, but everyone is voiced by Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to eat garbage, Dad. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Uh, no, I'm um, saying like once, like after that fight, like I I thought like man, there's nothing like it won't get this bad ever again. Like it can't get like 
this like stupid. Well, I was gravely mistaken. We'll eventually get there, but like, yeah. It, oh, yeah. There was another part of the game you had a super hard time with. Yeah. Then you you've already like alluded to it. Oh, okay. I, I think I know what you're talking about. What was it? The is it the the old thing thing? Yeah, old thing. <laughs> That's before, that's before our cutoff. That's before the griever. We're, we're, we played up to the uh, the second dungeon um, for this game. Um, okay, so let's talk more. Yeah, we we can we talked more about old man. That's that's that part sucks. It's another crappy third person shooter section on the way up to a dungeon. Um, the environment is kind of cool. Oh, and I like absolutely. the uh, and I like the area you have to explore before that, the drowned pass, because there's tons of little nooks and crannies to explore, and all these little tr- all these treasure chests to find and all these very clear like you need to get another item to come back and get this thing um and then um i just i just i like those they, they also do this thing they only do this for the first couple dungeons but um there will be points where you have to talk to these giant stone golem dudes and they're they need you to go and fight um mobs of enemies in these challenge rooms essentially to free them, um, figure that one out. But um, do we like those? I don't like them. I did at the beginning because it kind of felt like an extended tutorial on certain things, and it did help me at first. Mm-hmm. Um, the one before the um, cathedral, but <laughs> the second one was a bit more annoying, especially the one specifically where you had to keep a bunch of skeletons alive. The oh skeleton God, warriors. yeah, that one. <laughs> I was playing I easy. Sur- <laughs> for that. I survived with just one. Aww. That was all it I took. Had one guy but... left. Oh, I, I, because I, I was playing on easy. I had five. Like, I, I just... kept those like guys close to me, like my baby was like, like get over here. What are you doing? Don't. Why are you fighting him on your own? Well, by by that point, I had purchased War's um harpoon harpoon tackle, which is the most broken ability in the game. Um. Uh, it does. It, it's where he just kind of launches forward. It does a forward dash with a sword stab that does multiple hits and sends enemies flying. That is, I think, I think it's his best technique in the game because it does a lot of damage. It's impactful. It, you can kind of stun lock big enemies if you spam it, um, which fits my 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 mash button spam to win playstyle. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although I also bought the um, the strong backhand swing that sets things on fire, and um, uh, it's very easy for the game to confuse the inputs for those two, so that's fun. Yeah, I think uh, my favorite like move, and I use this uh, in the the shallow realms, uh, where it was the uh, like that home run, like a back kind of swing. It's just more or less just a big charge shot and just like swings and everyone gets sent flying. <laughs> I I just found like that to be both useful and very humorous to watch. I was like, this is great. Mm-hmm. Got a favorite technique, Keegan? I ended up going full scythe, actually, the second I got it. Ooh. I love that thing. It's useful, like, isn't it? It's got such, such wide range. It's so nice. It's got that wide range, and then the last part of its combo chain, when War throws it out and does that spin and it comes back to you, that's amazing for any of the bigger enemies, or just when you have a mob that's close together. Like, that... I yeah, almost geez. have that one to rank four halfway through the game. Like, nice, nice. I yeah, sorry I to sidetrack a little bit, but I actually really enjoy that the weapons level up depending on how much you use them. 
which is that is kind of cool yeah because the more you you prefer a certain style you get better at it and you get it gets stronger mm-hmm. and just some of those little uh those little weapon power-ups are useful too oh yeah yeah, like a thing uh, that we haven't mentioned that like each of your weapons have slots that you can put special uh, like abilities, um, and some of them are really great. Like one of them like just makes your weapon stronger and just makes everything else like the game more easier. Um, I, I forget what it's called, but it just makes my, the chaos seizure stronger. And one of my favorite combos to do is like just do a full like attack combo and then just like lift them up on the last one and do the spinning attack down. Like that's yeah, one of the most satisfying move. Just just to do it and to look at it because it's so shiny when he spins. Yeah, it's such a great. It's such a that's a great attack. It's it's really it feels great to pull off and uh, does a lot of damage. That's like that's my other go to besides the harpoon tackle. Um, and then of course we should we failed to mention we've neglected to mention a war can turn into a Balrog. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> That's basically his. Um, as as you do damage to enemies with the Chaos Eater Sword, our war builds up builds up chaos, and then he eventually transform can transform into this giant flaming demon that just wrecks everything until the meter depletes. Like it's often your bit your best way against against big enemies is just to go chaos and just murder them. Like nothing can touch you. It's great. Yeah, it's my go to. It's the third wave of enemies that have come to me in this certain area, and I'm tired. Time to Balrog it and just start destroying everything. You shall not pass! Oh yeah, watch me. (laughs) (laughs) How it should have ended, Lord of the Rings. What? (laughs) (laughs) I've I've spoken blasphemy on this day. Um, yeah. You get to the you get to the second after you get past the old fan part, which is um, it's where they, they introduces us to another character, Uriel. She becomes important later on. She's a, a female angel, um, and more other. And but after and after that, um, you get to the second dungeon, which um, is a lot more complicated than the Twilight Cathedral. But I love the area design. It's like a flooded. It's like a water temple. It's like your typical Zelda water temple where you're changing water levels to access new parts of the dungeon, but it's a flooded subway station. And you're, it's so cool. You're like changing rail cars and, and, and like moving through tunnels and you, you have to punch trains. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing you can do in this game. You have to punch a train to get it into position <laughs> so you can climb on it. It's great. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And the and the, the the boss of that dungeon isn't terribly difficult, I don't think. Um, no, it's pretty not. much. It gave me some trouble, but that's because I forgot the punch mechanic by that point. So I didn't know what to do for a good amount of time until I was like, "Oh yeah, triangle button, got it." And that was yeah. That's one of those situations I ran into where it's like. You forget you forget a mechanic you're supposed to be doing, and then you then you realize what you're supposed to be doing, and you're like, "Oh, yeah, why is I this figured... boss so hard?" And then it's oh, one button. Oh, I won. Okay, got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The the griever was actually one of like my easier boss fights uh, to go through, and uh, like the I, I really enjoy the tremor gauntlets. I, I re- or just the tremor gauntlet. You only get one. I do 
it's a shame that I never really uh, invested into it as an attack option. Like, I know I can level it up, but it's like, uh, I just want to level up Chaos Eater to max, or and then uh, deal with uh, Death's uh, Scythe. Because I, I don't mm-hmm. want to invest too much. But it's satisfying when you do do a combo with it, and like you charge it up for the last attack, and it just, boom, hits the floor, and like destroys something. Mm-hmm. It's like, bam! And then souls just pour, pour out. It's like, yeah. Mm, take that. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 definitely. I I wouldn't use it as a primary melee weapon, um, even though you can. But it's got some useful moves. You've got one where if you press um R one in triangle, he just starts or just starts punching the ground and creating shockwaves. That one's useful. Um, he's got like the fl- the flying punch punch thing. That 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 one that one's always fun. You can kind of end off your combos with it if you really want to. Yeah, I found um, fighting against angels, if you do the one-two in the air with the Tremor Gauntlets, you can just keep them juggled up there forever and go strong. I think I got a 50 combo with that. Oh, you just keep You just keep one-two, they bounce, you jump back up, one-two, bounce. I've tried using the Tremor Gauntlet a lot more because I wanted to keep my weapons even, and it is a lot right. more difficult than using the Scythe of the Chaos either. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely more of a puzzle item than it is a main weapon, but um, it but it, it, it can still be useful. I, I just but for angel fights, it's just like flip saw. Use the jump, him, hit him in the air, knock him down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, once you get once and once you get once you got into that point, uh, you've got two hearts to Samael. They're kind of starting to distrust each other. It's never really like. Samuel's one of those, it's one of those things where it's like you're working with a demon. Obviously, you can't trust him, but you just kind of go with it anyway because the plot demands it. But yeah, during that first meeting, I was expecting a Shakespearean like monologue to the side with Samuel telling us a secret plot. <laughs> just it everything about it seemed like a bad deal to me, and I understand war is in a tricky situation, you know, with the council and everything, but it just still seems like he's walking headlong into a trap and um i don't know about you guys but i like i said before this is my first time playing it so i'm still discovering the story as it goes along so i'm not really sure how it ends but i have my ideas especially with samuel i i okay yeah it's i think yeah samuel he's got his own agenda clearly i don't think he it really pans out uh as far as he's concerned and Unfortunately, we may. I, this is one of the reasons we need a third a third game is because Darksiders Two is kind of a weird um, interquel that um, takes place alongside the first the first game, the before and during. So you don't get a lot of um, a lot more insight and stuff. It's more tertiary. So a lot of unresolved plot stuff from the first Darksiders is still unresolved, even though there is a sequel. Yeah. Oh man, disappointing. Like, I'm hoping they eventually like. Were they hoping to do like four all together? That would be ideal because yeah, there's four horsemen. You still got a a fury and strife are the, the the two other horsemen in this universe, and they have yet to have their own game. Man, like I would love that, or even like a fifth one where they're all together and and it's just an action RPG and they're all fighting Ooh. like with one another. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. Mm. That that would be so dope. I would be down for that. That was one thing that confused me, though, when I was um looking up some of the 
backstory a little bit and the other names of the horsemen. Now, I'm not um, super knowledgeable on my Judeo-Christian knowledge, but the other two horsemen of the apocalypse are famine and pestilence, right? Yeah, and I guess they figured famine and pestilence weren't weren't video gamey enough. Are you so, kidding uh, me? Pestilence? You get to fight it. with bugs? <laughs> I would totally play a game where my superpower is throwing crickets at people. <laughs> Haven't you seen Supernatural? <laughs> exactly. I mean, think about being Spider-Man, uh, but instead of your po- shooting web, you shoot spiders. Spiders. <laughs> and famine, you just oh, wait for man. the other enemies to die. You just hold out. What is this, a Hideo Kojima game? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, you no, know, uh, I think in 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 universe, uh, uh, Fury is um a a woman, um who fights with a whip, and um, Strife uh Strife's main thing is guns. Um, you get a couple of them. There are actually a couple upgrades you can find later on that are based on the other Horsemen. Uh, Fury's oh. embrace um gives you um extra wrath upgrades, and um. Uh, strifes, whatever, uh, gives you better, better ranged attacks. So, so even though they're not directly mentioned in game, there's still a little bit of world building there, which I like. And they do, um, they are mentioned directly in Darksiders Two, even if they're not, they don't make appearances, which is again unfortunate. Um, if you like the, if you like the site, um, Keegan, then yeah, Darksiders Two is going to be your game because that's Death's game. <laughs> That's what I've been told by a lot of my friends when I told them I was playing Darksiders, is that 2 is, from what I've heard, very fantastic. And I, frank- yeah, I really enjoy frankly, it. after playing the first one, I am excited to play the second one. Like uh, That'll probably be something to save for next time on Retro Encounter, <laughs> uh, the RPG Fan Off-Topic podcast. Um, you have any guys that have any stray final thoughts on, on Darksiders 1 for this round? Or I mean, for me, I've been... There's been a solid uphill increase of my enjoyment of this game. At first, it was very, eh, it's okay. But as I'm at the midpoint now, I'm very invested in the story, very invested in the gameplay, and I'm excited to see where it goes from here and uh, talk about it next time. Mm-hmm. Same here. I want to see where uh, the crazy antics of uh, war takes them. <laughs> it's, it, it, it takes them to some places. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those places. Um, I think two two out of the three of us have beaten the game already um, by the by as of recording this. So, but so we have some stories to tell you guys next time on retro. Um, uh, in the meantime, while you're waiting for that, um, you can always be sure to rate us on iTunes. Um, email us at retro at rpgfan.com. Um, we always love to hear from you guys. Uh, let me know what a crap job I did of hosting. Um, just. We appreciate the feedback. It helps us make a better show. Helps us um, help just provide more stuff for you guys to listen to, which you like. Um, as for as for the staff, um, I am uh, I'm, as I said, I'm Peter Treisenberg. I'm at I have Fury on Twitter. I have Fury on the boards. Uh, Marcos, where can people find you? People can find me. Uh, let's see on the boards as Wild Armor, uh, Rhythm Rue on Twitter, and that's all you're finding me. How about you, well, Keegan? <laughs> you can find me on the boards as Fozzie Bear, and on Twitter you can find me as Kaylee Brand, and that's enough that you need to know about me also. <laughs> <laughs> we, 
We don't want you to attach uh, attach Mark Hamill to us. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, please do. Never mind. I take that back. <laughs> Anyways, um, uh, coming up in the coming up in future retro encounters, though, um, we are going to be doing a month of Dragon Quest. Um, we're going to be recording in May and airing in June a series of episodes on Dragon Quest Five. Um, this is. This one's been a long time coming. It's Dragon Quest V is a fan favorite by many in this series, um, myself included. It's a fantastic title. Um, Mike's really excited. He loves Dragon Quest, as he, as well he should. So uh, look forward to that. Um, uh, for, uh, for myself, for Keegan, for Marcos, always happy to have you guys here. And and, and um, welcome, welcome aboard the, the Retro Train, Keegan. Again, glad to have you. Glad to be here. And we will see you guys all later. Bye. Adios.